warning. The following program is not to be taken seriously. What you are about to witness is two self-proclaimed cinema experts discussing the fun intricacies of the film industry. Their opinions or beliefs are not representative of true talent or proper cinema. Research is optional and even discouraged since they find it to be, and I quote, useless nonsense for the academy. Keep in mind that if you are trying to avoid spoilers, you are not in the right place. If the boys have seen the movie, it is assumed that everyone has. Sit back, relax, have fun. If you cannot currently do that, do whatever you want, just enjoy the pod. These are... You know what I hate? <laughs> are you rolling? <laughs> yeah, I'm rolling. You know what I hate? When your Cineplex membership doesn't work. Uh, yeah, that's bullshit. Well, I, actually, I want to start with that. I want to rant. Oh, I'm a rant. Yeah. Uh, last night, I went to go watch a movie that we're going to talk about later on on the show. That's why I'm not going to reveal the title yet. Actually, fuck it. It's in the title of the podcast. Last night, we went to watch Dream Scenario. Pulled up to my local Cineplex because Canadian boys. And I uh, got there and um, I am a Cine Club member. I pay a fee every month. And uh, Cineplex decided to log me out of my app and not let me sign in. And when I wanted to reset my password, because I thought maybe it's my fault, it didn't even send me an email. It said there was an error sending an email. I am outraged. I will be calling guest services later. Um, Man, I literally spent 20 minutes in theater trying to fix this shit. Didn't work. Yeah, yeah. It's like, don't be that guy. Like, Cineplex, you don't have to be that guy. You don't got to be the person who's cock-blocking me for my free ticket that I pay for. I pay for my free ticket, and they didn't want me to get it. I was kind of ashamed. Uh, there's worse people, though, at the movie theater. <laughs> oh, yeah, we uh, saw that. <laughs> yesterday, you know, um, uh, in the arcade at the movie theater, that's a fun thing to do. Like, you play skee-ball and shit. Yeah. End up spending uh, the fastest 20 bucks you could ever spend. Oh, 100%. It's you think gone. the casino is bad? It's gone. You go to the casino, you can pro- you probably win more at money at the casino than you do in the arcade at the, at the, at the, time at the spent, movie that theater. Is? No, I'm talking about, like, you could probably win more things at you the casino. You want to win that Minecraft sword? I'm, I, oh, yeah, I saw a Minecraft score. It's sick-ass thing. 750 credits. I, I don't, it's tickets. Tickets on credit. Ticket. I think yeah. I have. Like, uh, my girlfriend and I keep a card, and we have, like, I think we have, like, over a 1,000-some-odd points. You could have uh, actually gotten it. 100%. Do I want a Minecraft star? I don't even play Minecraft. Dude, you were so ready for it. You could have smacked that I, guy's I, face I, with I, it. I said I wanted to smack the guy, and this is why. Uh, we're, I, I glanced over at the arcade yesterday, and there was a car. You know the car, like, a yeah, car yeah, game? Like a Ferrari. It's, like, it's a two-seater yeah. in the car. But it's a single-player game. And so, you know, there's usually, like, there's maybe three cars. There used to be four. One of them's broken. There's three cars side by side. Essentially, it's made for everybody can get into a car and they race each other. This guy gets into his car, tells his girlfriend to sit beside him. She sits there doing nothing while he plays the game. Don't be that guy. (laughs) When I looked over, I'm like, if that's not Ken... Playing the Matchbox 22 song on the guitar Sublime! At, at Barbie. I don't know what is. I was like, this is this is awful. Like this is I will play at you. Not I, anyway. Just don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Um, regardless, this is the first episode of December, which means it's it's Crimmer season. It's a uh, merry Crimmer season. It's cold as fuck outside. Yep, minus 15 yesterday. Fuck it. I Did you know. say it's gonna be like over 10 degrees Next like week, this yeah? weekend? I saw that. All I know is it's cold as balls now. Yep. I um, 
How can I how can I say this? Last week I went outside in a sweatshirt and it was fine. Now if I go outside in a sweatshirt, I feel the immediate urge to go back inside. This and is we're what, Canadian. This so. is what this is what winter does. Like in the span of a week, it's crazy. But it's nice because there was uh, Santa Claus parades downtown this week and. Uh, uh, around the uh, local neighborhoods, Santa Claus is coming and Christmas is coming, which means it's it's great. I have one Christmas decoration in the current studio. Yes, um, it's a it's uh, fantastic. It's a Christmas village. No yeah. sign of Santa. It's just a bunch of houses with snow. There's a bank actually. That's where you should store your money. Well, I can't. It's closed. Uh, like, no, the bank home. is closed. Okay, it's closed. Like closure, no, the bank is closed. It has a strict operating hours. One okay, hour, like yeah. one to one. Yeah, one. To like it's not. I can't go to the bank. Yeah. Anyway, regardless, that's <laughs> why you cannot get to your account. It's probably the same thing. We're fucking idiots. All right, Christmas, <laughs> Christmas season, um, December. Um, you looked at the docket and argued with me immediately, saying that December is not the most stacked month for movies, and I say nay, nay. Uh, December is fucking fantastic and it's loaded and we're excited uh what have we already got uh we got boy and iron no not yet that's that's, this yeah, but that's december it's friday yeah, no what did december. we already get yeah but he, out uh, of december already the Godz- first was godzilla released? godzilla minus one is december okay uh dream scenario dream scenario uh made december silent night um aquaman no, it's later. Yeah, but it's still December. I know, but I'm going to get it. I have a whole list of movies. Then I freaking read it. I'm saying what we already have. <laughs> anyway, uh, we got Poor Things. That's the Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, Yorgos Lanthimos movie that you see the trailer of every time we go to the theater. And Nick tells me it's weird, and I think it's fantastic. <laughs> I, I love it. Um, the Boy and the Heron, which is probably your uh, your most excited. You eh? cannot say no to Miyazaki. Yeah, but I can because I have more. No, you can't. There's more. You're bi- you've never seen one. It doesn't matter. I, I'm not. I know for a fact that compared to some of the movies on this list, I'm not gonna like it as much. Um, Rebel Moon Part One. You seen the trailer for that? No. Rebel Moon Part One on Netflix. It's like Zack Snyder's sci-fi epic. Oh yeah, I did. I did. I did. It looks. It looks pretty cool. Uh, Wonka. Zack Snyder and cooking is not. No, he can do it. Yeah, he can do he it. Can do it. He made the Justice League, the yeah. four-hour week shoot. I was like, that's perfect. And he's made films in the past. He made three hundred. I won't say it's a 99. No, it's not. It's, but they're good. They're okay. The Rebel Moon definitely looks like probably his most polished work so far, though. Just by trailer, I can be like, okay. Like, I see what's up. He's probably doing something mm-hmm. way bigger than he's ever done. And it probably looks like it's going to pay off. Uh, Chalamet stars as Willy Wonka and Wonka, which comes out about mid-December, about two weeks from now. Uh, Chicken Run, Done of the Nugget. Chicken Run 2. Uh, Ardman Animations is bringing the highly anticipated sequel to 2000's Chicken Run to Netflix, also in mid-December. Uh, probably the dud of the month, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Um, what even is going to be this movie? Well, it's, I think it's Jason Momoa's last time playing Aquaman. So they're just going to close it? Well, they have no choice. They, this is. I feel like this is. I, I hate to do it like this, but I feel like the the, the, the DCU movies that came out this year, so the Flash and uh, Blue Beetle and mm-hmm. this. I, I don't know what the plans are to tie it in. From what I've understood, they're closing out this chapter, restarting fresh in 2025 with James Gunn, right? So it feels like a GoFundMe for those projects. Like, fuck, we made them, but they're not going to count to anything. So let's put them out. We'll get some money, and we'll make better projects down the line. It's like that's courses what, for credits. Yeah, it's what it feels like. Um, 
aside from that uh, movie that I'm very excited for, Maestro, uh, Bradley Cooper directing um, for the second time. The first time he did was A Star Is Born. That movie's pretty good. He's also starring in the movie. He plays conductor Leonard Bernstein in a biopic of his life. It looks pretty cool. It looks very cool, actually. I'm excited for that. I like Bradley Cooper. Actually, I lied, because the movie I'm most excited for is the next one. It's Anyone But You! At the end of the month, we got Sydney Sweeney, Glenn Powell, and Will Gluck um, directing, obviously. Comedy. Already talked about it in previous episodes. Yeah. Hilarious marketing, mm. though. Hilarious marketing. I see them on TikTok. How are you not hyped for that rowing movie? <laughs> the rowing movie? How are you? So not the George bo- Clooney. I, I didn't write it down in the standout movies, but The Boys in the Boat, which is uh, George Clooney directing a film about boys in a boat. Uh, exactly that I feel like every year there's a one that comes out around Christmas there was that one Angelina Jolie movie about like this military guy who does something in sports and it's just like uh, every year around Christmas there's this same cliche ass um, golden title on like a copper plate font uh, word mark I it's, just, it's for the people that receive Christmas tickets the Christmas tickets yeah cinema tickets for Christmas and they're not, like I don't know what to watch and they just pull up and go see go watch movie. anyone but you yeah but they don't know Oh, go watch Aquaman. I honestly they, rather watch Aquaman. They recognize George Clooney. They're like, oh, that guy. We're going to see that movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's a shame, though. Yeah. Uh, the Iron Claw is also a very exciting one. End of the month, Zac Efron, Jeremy Allen White. Um, it's a wrestling movie. Harris Dickinson as well. And finally, on the list of the, of the standout movies, Ferrari, which is Michael Mann's latest. Uh, Adam Driver plays Enzo Ferrari in a biopic. A lot of biopics this year. If they're good, I'm all about it. If Ferrari is a really interesting human being. So. It's going to be a cool story. Yeah. Very excited to see that one. Uh, yeah, so December is pretty fucking loaded. So I take back my comments. You've proven me wrong. <laughs> um, so yeah, we spoke about uh, having dream scenario already. Godzilla minus one. Uh, Godzilla might uh, not. I wanted to start with God. No, no, we're not starting with Godzilla. We got to start with the. Let's start with dream scenario. The elephant in the room, obviously. Uh, premiered at TIFF earlier this year. Uh, dream scenario is a movie. It's it's a little fucking insane. It's more than a little fucking. Yeah, insane. give give it a little give it a little description. Uh, basically, it's the story of a um, PhD detaining professor at a university that ends up for reasons that everybody don't understand, appearing in their dreams. And they're trying to... The movie is about that professor handling the fame yeah. and trying to like get a hold of this opportunity and it all goes downhill after. Perhaps the most important detail, the professor is played by Nick Cage. <laughs> fucking Nick fucking Cage. The comeback of the of the of the decade, if I've ever seen it. Nick Cage is is up and about. We love Nick Cage. How can you not? It's a it's a Nick Nick and Nick. It's exactly. He should join the pod. Yeah, uh, every episode. And if it's Nick L A Nick C, I, there you go. I want Nick. Yeah, exactly. Um, every Tuesday. Exactly. Uh, no Thursday. Thursday. Every Thursday. <laughs> uh, anyway, no Nick Cage is is a lot of fun to watch. I feel like um, he's this eccentric, over the top actor. But he, he has a way of just locking you into like, yeah, I'm crazy, but just trust me, I he's, got this. He's the craziest depiction of a human being that makes sense. Oh, of course. And for that alone, he's he's like a trump card. You need someone like that, he's the only one who can pull it off. I don't know who casted this movie. Nick Cage is the perfect casting for this yep. character. Um, 
like you said, like this character kind of rises to fame and then eventually goes on like the downfall of fame. Mm -hmm. He'll get canceled in the line. It's the whole movie feels like a giant critique of society. Um, At the surface level, that's what it is. But this movie is um, a roller coaster to say the least. Like, is there pacing? It's is is it okay? Is it perfect? No, no. Is it bad? No, no. Is it fantastic? No, no it's not fantastic. It, 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 I, I wrote down on my phone during the movie yesterday. I said three things. I said Nick Cage, great. Far from a classic. The range Cage is peak Cage. All so facts. two comments were about Nick Cage because his performance is all of that. Because it's in this really movie. his movie. Oh, hundred percent. Like, you go in the theater, you you don't expect it because you're like, okay, it's from the trailers he seemed pretty tame. Yeah. But his performance is so loud yet so subtle that for once I was actually surprised at the range that Nick Cage showed in yeah. that movie. Yeah. Yeah. He he's good. He he's very good in this movie and and. The problem with the movie is not performances. All the performances are very good. The performances actually actually make you feel the most in this entire movie. The story does things, and sure, but if the story did things and the actors did not apply them in the way that they do, you would just have a, 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 a rollover mm-hmm. type of story. And you, won't, you don't want it to be a repeat of Saltburn, where it's only acting and the rest all goes no, to shit. No, the story and the... And the, and the um, acting go hand in hand when it comes to dream scenario the problem i would say is uh there's some style choices that 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 are um, odd to me like i'm uh, i i was able to see right off the bat ari aster produced this movie um ari aster's evolution uh, when it comes to his filmmaking in a24 i mean the man made hereditary and mm-hmm. midsummer they're both horror modern classics then he made bo is afraid that came out in april of this year i think that movie was a little odd to me it was um, well, it, it didn't take all your fancy. It no, but the problem is it's like a three-hour-long odyssey with a lot of different styles and a lot of different things going on. Story-wise, it's it's cool. It's the styles that 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 messed me up a bit. So, Dream Scenario adopts some of the styles that uh, Bell was afraid had these 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 scenes where this character. You feel bad for him, but you don't know what to do with him. Like, you're like, hurry up and, and fucking do something. Like, you're... you're mm-hmm. the, Ari Aster has this way of, of, of... And he did not direct this movie, nor did he write it. He's just production. But the similarity I felt between, like, a film like Bo is Afraid and Dream Scenario is that you're throwing a pity party for a character. The character is not necessarily the best human being in the world. But why should he be? No, I'm not saying why should he be, but when a ca- when 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 film like and it's an interesting thing to do because most films will throw a pity party for a character that you should be like feeling mm-hmm. some type of way for. In Dream Scenario, I felt bad for the guy, but at the same time, he's done things that are not very nice. You're not a nice human. You are you are somewhat of a dick. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like it's 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 um. It's always a movie, all of these, like, these two recent movies, and Bo made me feel the exact same way when I finished watching it. I I don't know how to feel. I'm hyper-conflicted. I sat there like, like, okay, you're done, but you you are so uh, frustrating. Mm -hmm. The film feels frustrating. And the frustration comes from the fact that from its, like, idea alone, you 
there's no target. They, they're just trying to live through an event. And regardless of how it ends up being or what happens in the end, it's irrelevant because at the end of the day, the character will just have lived through that, that event. Like, it doesn't matter. Exactly. It's not like a typical, uh, you know, the first thing that they'll teach you when you go take a, a fundamentals class or a scripting class or any film school is the uh, hero's journey. Like a giant dial. Mm -hmm. The hero's going to have a problem in this. And like it's step by step. These movies... Break that dog. Don't, ad don't, don't adopt that. This is just like, he's going to live an experience. You're going to see it. Is he going to grow from it? In, 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 in some ways, yes. Not in the way that you expect him to. It, 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 it just... It, it feels so unsatisfyingly frustrating by the time it's over. But to me, a lot of horror movies are like that. Where it's all about living through an event and the rest doesn't matter. The thing is, they tried to link in this, because we mentioned it earlier, this whole idea of cancel culture. And how like uh, all of a sudden you can go from being someone to literally having to hide from everyone. Yeah. And to me, the problem with that movie is not necessarily that it did that. It's the fact that it adopted in a horror movie like mindset where you're coming in into a, like a fully fleshed out world. You're introduced to those characters very slowly but surface level. Yeah. And then when it unfolds, it doesn't really matter because it's all about the event. It's not about the downfall. And the, yeah, the, the it, downfall doesn't feel as... like There are some amazing scenes in that downfall, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily contribute to the overall nar narrative it's just a part of the journey of the character so you're conflicted well, between are you following the character or are you following the movie a character well, being nick cage yeah yeah exactly um because they definitely feel like they run parallel so like the film is trying to make you feel a message and the character is fighting against the message it's trying to make you feel it's it forces you to choose mm -hmm. whose side are you on and what's, what's, what the movie did really well is that the family of, of, of Nick Cage's character um, is following the message of the movie. Mm -hmm. They're saying, like, okay, society hates you. Like, give up. Like, you're give up. And then in real life, well, in, in, no, sorry. In the movie, the character, the real main character, he's fighting against the world at this point. But he's not um, submitting to, to, to it he's going against the grain uh, the movie definitely is better in those moments than it is in the entirety of the first half it's a movie that I, I enjoyed way more looking back and thinking about it than I did sitting in the theater because th it was extremely awkward like it made me feel so uncomfortable at times that I was like it's I guess it's how you get to that point in the end you, where you, you have, have like those situations. But a very uncomfortable character. Yeah. Very like he's just awkward. Mm -hmm. Like uh, he's he's a fifty year old dad from Midwest America, yeah. and he's struggling to deal with life with kind of like social anxieties and just like overall doesn't know how to interact with no. people. Yeah, I know. It's just but that is great in a way because you always get the movies where the main character is a hero mm -hmm. and he knows what he's doing or he he's in full control of of his life this guy's a mess yeah similar to Bo is a mess similar to you know you have these these characters who feel like passengers to their own life and that's that's the frustrating part is that you're gonna throw a pity party for a guy who's just sitting there letting everything happen 
and he's not trying to make a situation better. Mm-hmm. That's the struggle with these movies. That's why it's frustrating. I would say um, it doesn't make it a bad movie. I think the movie's fine. I think that it's how- definitely not a classic. I, I would say what's what's wrong with it from a from an actual film standpoint. There's there's poor pacing. It's it drags a lot for an hour and forty minutes. There is sequences in this movie that I'm like, I hurry up. Like you're you you are long for mm-hmm. nothing. And um, uh, what else? Uh, there's stylistic choices. Like I understand the idea of having like that that there's like a little white blue flash mm-hmm. when you go from dream to dream. Just bugs me. I don't. It wasn't needed. It felt like 2006. Yeah, but it wasn't needed because the, the movie does such a good job of distinguishing when it's a dream and when it's not. When you it actually matters. You could tell from the character's yeah. behavior. If anything, I felt like it would have added to the movie if they would have never done it. If you would have gone from scene to scene, not knowing, not being indicated that there's something is just dream. Granted, it's obvious because you could tell by he, the way he's acting that it's not a dream. It's just, it's. I guess that's the way that it's. Um, it plays out mm-hmm. that I was, I was, I was like questionable, but really it's the pacing yeah. to me. But as soon as the halfway mark arrived, in oh, the it movie, takes off like a rocket. Yeah, it's more fun. Mm-hmm. But how? Maybe okay. May like maybe I uh, you can chalk it up to the fact that trailers ruin movies, because when you watch the trailer for this movie, you know exactly what the plot is. Mm-hmm. Not the full plot, but you know what the setup is. Yeah, you know is. the idea. So when the movie spends 30 minutes of its own time doing setup, that you already know what the setup is because you saw the trailer, that's the part that I find annoying. There's nothing redeeming about that first act to me. There's nothing I learned about um, uh, Nick Cage's character or about the family or about anything. They show you all about mm-hmm. it in the marketing. Yep. So maybe trailers you know, move movies. I don't know. I just... But they had some interesting conversation. They... To me, it was it did a great job at building, like fleshing out the relationship, and the way they like love each other, like that family. Yeah. In the first act, for that is good, but it's so unrelated to the movie in itself that it doesn't really. It, matter. But it's not because of, like when it comes down to the end of it, there's one yeah, thing that he's back. missing. It, it makes yeah. sense, but I, I just um, I don't know. I felt like it dragged. I was like, you're you're dragging when you shouldn't be dragging. And then second act, third act are fine, which is funny because when I compare it to a film like Bo is Afraid, the first act is a fly. It, it, it zooms through an hour and then it really slows down in the second act and it picks back up again in the third act. So honestly, I'd rather have a slow start with a high intensity finish than to have a um, fast start, slow ass middle with a fast ending. Uh, but Dream Scenario is fine. It, it, it exists and it's not going to be a A24 modern classic. It just... Um, it's going to be A24 Nick Cage classic. It, well, it's just a great performance by Nick Cage. To me, I feel like I feel after I watch films like... Uh, well, to me, look, like I said, I felt like I felt after watching Bo's Afraid. Shared a similar feeling after watching The Whale. But that's mm-hmm. a great performance with a movie that is very flawed. Yeah. Like, that's how I felt. Granted, Dream Scenario is better than The Whale, in my opinion. I gave The Whale a... 6.8. 7, 6.7. 6.7, yeah. This I have it at... Uh, I gave it a 7.9. And I, I, I feel like it's that good. Score, yeah. right. Just a chalk below 80. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's just good. It's it's good. I enjoy... What I really enjoy is watching Nick Cage act, though. Mm-hmm. He's good. Yeah. He's fun. Every time he's on screen, you know it's fun. Oh, he's very captivating. Yeah. 
That hair is atrocious, though. Dead ass. Just atrocious. shave your head yep. at that point, buddy. Mm-hmm. Completely. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. I don't know if that's Nick Cage's real hair. I don't think so. I it, hope not. It honestly looked like it, though. No, it kind of did. I caught it. No. Not no... the hair itself, but his hairline. Oh, hairline for sure. Man. He looked bald up here. Like, maybe he did shave his head. Maybe. He did another movie where he had a bald head. Is it? I don't know. Whatever. Nick uh, Cage, legend. Always worth seeing, because regardless of the memes... Men's kind of good at his job. But see, like, this is our opinion. If, if someone else is to watch this movie, like, the same way somebody else watched Bo was Afraid or The Whale and they thought it was fantastic, maybe this movie's more up your alley. Maybe it is fantastic. Just take a look. It, it's interesting enough to watch at least <laughs> once. That's for sure. Um, Be in for some funny scenes, though, because although it's like, I'm sorry, but there's some scenes in that movie that are funny. Yeah. Yeah, of course. They're actually funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, in a way, I was like, actually laughing like not just grinning like they were funny no yeah he definitely mm-hmm. uh, he's definitely funny in some parts um that's that for dream scenario I have yeah else I, I would say yeah i'd say there's nothing else to add although that, you know what i'm sad of the fact that we went to see dream scenario but we didn't go see godzilla i saw godzilla and that pisses me off now we're gonna talk about a fucking heater of a movie let's talk about a heater uh, Godzilla Minus One is Toho Studios' latest Godzilla film. They have made a fuck ton. That's what, like, that's all I know. Uh, out there in Japan, they are cooking Godzilla like, like it's nobody's business. Every two years, there's a new Godzilla movie. Um, in Hollywood, that would be a problem. Yeah. So as we've learned, every two years, if you make another franchise film, very rarely are you going to be uh, successful. What Japan is pumping out in these Godzilla movies is fucking fantastic. I saw it, and uh, you unfortunately uh, couldn't. But Godzilla Minus One um, is everything a monster movie should be, let alone a Godzilla movie. It is literally, literally the best uh, creature devastation film I've ever seen, ever. It is that good. It is It is two hours and 14 minutes of... of of all the emotions. it So rarely... I struggle watching films in other languages because I feel like I can't get attached to the words that mm-hmm. are being said as I'm reading. Um, this movie had no problem. I could have watched the entire thing with no sound and read the entire line. Still still might have teared uh, at the ending. That's how good... Like This is how good and how invested I was in this movie. Um, what should we start with first? The way Godzilla looks or the way that... I want to start off with the... You mentioned monster movies. Yeah. What are those? Well, I'm talking like Godzilla. I'm yeah. talking like um, um, King Kong. Anything like that involves a disaster or a big beast coming. Mm-hmm. All those movies with the stupid would you uh, put that? Would you put that in the same category as like natural disasters? Like, yeah, you like could, uh, you say that. I don't remember the title of that movie, but where like New York gets like drawn off, like under like uh, 15... I think the day the Earth stood still or something like that. Probably. Like, uh, I, I know what you're yeah, talking yeah. about. Uh, yeah, it's better than that. Mm-hmm. No, but like it's the same category of... <laughs> I, I see it as the same thing. I see it as a... Um, like uh, This problem that is not like a war. There is no villain. But there is a problem that, is, a, that a, is hurting humanity more okay, than so anything So a, a threat on a humanity scale that yeah. a human cannot tackle. Yeah. Yeah, Godzilla is that motherfucker. Like that's for sure. Men's Matt Black Barney been calling it for years. Literally, literally Barney wearing black Air Forces. That's that's what, that's what Godzilla is. He pops out, pops out that. of the wire. He's just like, "What's up, bitches?" Does he talk? No. No, he's just like. Well, he can't talk, obviously. Um, what I want to point out is that this movie is made on a fifteen million dollar budget. 
What? $15 million. What? It looks better than the past like six Marvel projects. Godzilla looks fucking cool. And he is fucking cool. He not in the way that you want to root for him, but it's like, okay, you a badass. You you, you definitely you, <laughs> you that def- dog. You definitely that dog. <laughs> like um How big uh, is he? Like in that movie. Fucking huge. This like fucking huge. He's taller than what is, how tall is he? He takes out a building with his tail. That's how tall he is. Like he's massive. He's ginormous. Gi- ginormous. Like Eiffel Tower level of ginormous. Maybe bigger. He's huge. A little bit fucked up with the proportion. He got big ass legs, but <laughs> really small upper body. Uh, granted, in the film, they, they explain that he is a, uh, he's a dinosaur that, that morphed with a sea creature. That's how he came about. I don't know. He's a sea, he lives in the water. Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah. To, let's talk about yeah, let's talk about what? what Godzilla looks like. Yeah. He lives in the water. He's got a lot of shit on his back, and these things essentially um, they look like um, they look like T's. Like just look like little T's on his back. And I don't really know. Okay, wait. I gotta uh, for context. I don't know Godzilla lingo because I've never watched Godzilla movies. I don't even watch the Hollywood ones. They look bad to me. I actually watched uh, the King Kong Skull mm-hmm. Island. I thought that was pretty good. And I've seen the first Godzilla. But I did not enjoy it. I just bought into the hype because I always buy into the hype. I saw this. I was like, I'm buying it. <laughs> I gotta watch this. Um, I don't know the lingo, so don't, uh, I can't be flamed. I'm I'm not liable. He has like little T-shaped things that come out of his spine. Yeah, like and, spikes. Yeah, they look like kind of spikes, but they're designed like like little T's. Anyway, um, what can Godzilla do with his abilities? He obviously is just a weapon of mass reduction. He can eat anything and he hits with his hand. But his power is like his atomic uh, breath type mm-hmm. of thing that comes out of his mouth. He literally fires off like a laser beam like out of his mouth. It's crazy. And Man he has charges a rail gun implemented. It literally looks like that. And he charges it up, but it's like a nuclear blast. Mm-hmm. Like he does it and fucking the way well, he I like, thought he was like... Uh, Made after like a radioactive. Yeah, he's like a on. radioactive yeah. in the water with the dinosaurs and like he, it's it's all uh, it, yeah. Anyway, but he charges it up by all the T's start like popping out of his back mm-hmm. and they're all turning blue. Okay, and like he's got blue like anyway. It's sick. Everything that happens in this movie is sick when it comes to Godzilla. But Godzilla is not the main point of this movie. There's like two movies that happen here. One of them involves Godzilla, one of them does not, and they both would have been good. Godzilla is the problem of the film. There's an entire like drama about a post-war uh cuz oh, cuz this movie's set in Japan 1946. It's like po- it, like coming right off the war. Mm-hmm. Um There's a whole film that's that involves a um a a a soldier who's returning home post-war who he was a kamikaze pilot but he didn't do his mission and he feels like a tremendous amount of guilt for being um not having not having done anything not having attempted to save anybody and you know now he's dealing with the loss of his parents his loved ones and etc he returns to like japan's in shambles right 1946 so destroyed no place to live like exactly so and then he finds this little um a baby and a woman and the baby was abandoned during the air raids. And the women, anyway, they all kind of live together. There's a whole nice dynamic and people that struggle with their new life. Not to mention, you have to deal with fucking Godzilla too. That is the problem. Like, um, 
not like that movie stands on its own. The movie of three people trying to figure out what to do post-war, trying to find a job, trying to, you know, it made you feel for the characters in a way that monster movies don't typically do. Like you have to care about these. Do people. they intend? I it might be a stretch, but do they symbolically intend for Godzilla to be like what the USA would have been if they kept attacking Japan? No, they don't intend it. That no, way. there are there are things that involve being like you know, the war is not over because mm -hmm. Godzilla's here. He's a problem. Okay. Yeah. Like that's how they see it. They mm -hmm. see it like we just finished fighting, but now this guy's here and he's heading towards because he's heading towards uh, Tokyo. He, he's on his way. Like he's darting. Like he's fast. Yeah, at his size, three steps. He's, like, he's fucking he, zooming. Like, he has more travel than Yanis does. Like at that point, he's crazy. He's on his way, and so, you know, the, there's a whole thing and there's a whole um, dynamic that involves, um, you know, uh, he terrorizes a modern city. Because one of the cities in Japan rebuilt very fast. And so everybody's living there now. And Godzilla just shows up and fucking torches the town. It, it, there's a lot of great um, sequences in this film that involve Godzilla. And there's a lot of great sequences that don't involve Godzilla. And they're on par with each other. This movie does not need Godzilla to be that good. It just takes him and knows what to do with him in ways that... Um, monster movies especially in hollywood have no clue mm -hmm. when a monster movie in hollywood exists it's like look at the dog look how yeah. cool he is <laughs> we love godzilla love the monster pet that dog exactly japan japan but the uh, way this Chobo movie is made studios made you uh, yeah i say japan because i feel like a lot of their godzilla movies are just better but toho studios is minus godzilla minus one it 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 is so clear that Godzilla is the bad guy. Like, you hate him. Like, it's made for you to dislike him. There are scenes where they think they have him, and they blow his face off, and he just regenerates, and you're like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's not fair. It's not fair. But, and of course, like, the, you know, like, uh, obviously, uh, there's no spoiler. Like, there's spoilers on this pod, but it ends with them telling you, like, essentially Godzilla's still alive. Like, they think you've killed them. They blew them up into, like, millions of pieces. Mm -hmm. But then in the bottom of the ocean, the pieces start moving. It's like, oh, Godzilla's back. He's coming back. Of course he's coming back yeah. because he just exists. But it works. I will take a million more. I'll take Godzilla minus two, minus three, minus four. I don't care. It works for me because it's just, like, they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They have these characters that are so important to the narrative that you really root for them not to die. And when, like, you know, there's an entire... A point of this film where one of the characters is going to sacrifice himself because he believes it's like a longer story than that to get to that point but he the kamikaze part yeah. of it finally says I can do the right thing I can do the right thing first of all emotions go run wild in this movie I sat in the chair first of all full theater downtown Montreal Godzilla minus one fucking A fucking A I love that love full theaters anyway um, yeah he deems that he's going to sacrifice himself and uh, yeah uh, then he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And it's like, as a, as a, as a viewer, you feel it. Like it, there was the first time that I felt like, uh, uh, yeah, we don't want you to do it, but you got to do it since like Tony Stark <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Like when you know, like, yeah. this is the only way we're going to do this. And you sat with Tony Stark for 20 fucking years. That's not true. Ten years of Tony Stark to get to the point of mm -hmm. Endgame. 
I sat with this guy for two hours. I didn't want him to go. I was like, don't do it, my dude. It's not worth it. Oh, damn. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I won't tell you if he survives. Compelling narrative with a compelling monster makes for a great success. Oh, 100%. It's, it was a high-rated movie, and it will be. I gave it a 9.6. I genuinely feel that good about it. The reason it's not a nine, it's not higher is that uh, I will say that like there is um, there is some fat, but not much fat. It's like okay, just adjust that, mm-hmm. adjust that. You have a perf- you have a little ten, but aside from that, this movie mm-hmm. are very hard to. But for not, people that like that fat, very hard to. Not. Yeah, the people like it is. It, it makes for the movie. It's not over long, it's not overdue. Like the movie just kind of mm-hmm. has a good way of doing itself. It's just it if you want perfection. I was nitpicking at that point. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm a little bit of an asshole yeah. for that one. Nine point six is still fucking your job. high. It's your Nine point six is still high. Um, Godzilla minus one is pretty fucking awesome. Uh, speaking of monster movies, because this counts. Um, we mean this counts. We're gonna transition to like movie news. Movie news. Yeah, we got shit coming out. Yeah. Um, I didn't know this was existing until I heard a thing from Kaylee Spaney, but Alien Romulus. I didn't know it existed. Ro- Romulus. Either. Romulus. Uh, Romulus? Romulus? It looks like Romulus. Romulus? Yeah. Alien Romulus is a sequel. No. The latest entry to the Alien franchise is actually a prequel. Um, okay, so a prequel of a prequel of a prequel. Like we had so many of them that at this hey, point... Hey, look. Don't matter. Alien's some cool shit. Yeah. Um, it's set for August 24. It's directed by Fede Alvarez, and it's co-written by him as well. I did not know who this person was by name, so I made sure to Google him because it's not Ridley Scott this time. Not that I've been so fond of Ridley Scott lately, but the problem is that... I've not been so fond of Ridley Scott lately. Yeah, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. I know I haven't, but Alien is his franchise. Is it really? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. No, he's not the only I one. I know that you tricked. liked the second one, and that's directed by what's his name? I don't Luke like Cameron. It. James Cameron, but the first one to me is better than the second one. That's my opinion. It's it's a controversial opinion. It's actually not because they're very they're, highly they're, rated. Yeah, both they're both like nine point six and nine point four. Like they're very popular movies. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Fede Alvarez is at the helm of Alien Romulus. Granted, not to be worried. Uh, Ridley Scott is still working very closely with him because he's the executive producer. He's not going to let anything fly that he doesn't mm-hmm. want to fly. But what is Fede Alvarez? What? Who does he do? Um, he wrote and directed The Evil Dead in 2013, mm-hmm. which is a it's a fine movie. It's fun. It's yeah. actually a fun movie, but not a great movie. Uh, he directed Don't Breathe. This is probably the vibe that I need him to go for the most when he's at yes. the helm of a new alien movie. Don't breathe. You ever, you yeah, ever I've seen like it. the guy who does? Yes, I've seen it. The blind man. Yeah, the blind man. Stephen just, Lang. What yeah. a dope ass guy. What a weird movie. Yeah, the ending is yeah, kind ending of freaky, weird. but the vibe that they give you. The vibe, the, yeah, when they break into the house. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. That's great. That's great to me. Uh, he also did the girl in the spider web. This movie kind of sucked. Rip. This is when it gets. This is when it gets scary because it's all downhill from here. Oof. Uh, yeah, the girl with the spider web sucked. It was an attempt to re- to revive the um, girl with the dragon tattoo mm-hmm. franchise. Uh, I don't even know one person who's ever watched a girl with the dragon tattoo in my life, so I wouldn't revive that franchise. Um, but we could chalk it up to being like a franchise. Like I call it franchilitis. There was early two thousands. Like make, uh, yeah, that was twenty eighteen. No, but I'm talking the first one. Early two thousands. Yeah, yeah. That one. Why, why are you trying to revive a movie? Again? Yeah, I wouldn't. Um, then he uh, did not direct, but produced uh, 
these two movies. These are, so the girl in the spider web was his last direct directed yeah. movie. Now he's kind of just been involved in production, but he did Don't Breathe Two, which was apparently the, like horrible. It was just maybe just very unnecessary. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to make a Don't Breathe Two. Don't Breathe One was very good and it was fine enough. The other one not necessary. And the Texas Main Chainsaw Massacre, which came out in 2022 on Netflix. Uh, yeah, that's pretty fucking bad. It was bad. And now he goes in. Now he's going to Alien. From there. Nothing in between. How was it, like, green lighted? It's, I'm not worried about it. Because Alien is a, is a big IP and he's got Ridley Scott with him. But I, I would worry about it if, it, if that, like... If I'd have to see the Ridley trailers. Scott was not there. If I'd have to see the trailer. Like to me, if he directs this as he like he directed, don't breathe. I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. If he came out and did this shit the way that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre did, and you ruin Alien in 2024, I'm gonna be really mad. The problem that um, Alien was ruined multiple times during its like tenure as a franchise. To be fair, though, Alien got tossed around. Yeah, that too. Alien got it's tossed a, it's around. It's the typical sellout franchise. The first one's amazing. Yes. The second one's amazing. Uh, Third one we won't talk about. No, that's uh, the David Fincher's debut. And then what have they done since then? Uh, Prometheus. Prometheus. They have Covenant. They have, Alien. Uh, it's not that bad. They didn't fuck really, that okay. much. So, I feel like there's more. Yeah, there's more. Is there Alien 4? Uh, probably. Oh, All I, I know is that franchise has been around for a long time. And for this movie to succeed... It has to be in a closed setting, like the first one. Well, that's it's, a, it's the whole, only way that director with his like talent will be able to pull it off. Well, we'll we'll see what he can do. Really, mm-hmm. to me, I feel like his his this his filmography is not uh, it's not long that, enough to, no. to have a real idea. I know that if he uses that "don't breathe" formula, you probably have better chances of succeeding mm-hmm. than anything else. Like the guy, like has been doing a job for a while like directing and like being in the movie industry but overall it's as you said he's a good fit if you remove the duds from his yeah if he follows that style it'll be pretty cool Mm -hmm. um kaylee spaney is the lead in this film she just played priscilla so she's good yes she's a good actress you you got a stud here uh this it's a standalone installment there will be no sequels uh, Until it makes a bajillion dollars, then that will be. Maybe they'll make him do another standalone. Anyway, it's set between Alien and Aliens. Which is exactly what I wanted. To so be set great. in between the two? Yeah, like because uh, it has to be either a throwback to like... Because basically between the first one and the second one, like she's... At the end of the first one, she, like the main character gets frozen. And the second one, she like comes back. Yeah. But I would love for them to have a point where like system failure... Currently like... They're not. She's not frozen anymore, but she's on the like the. I don't know if she's all playing aliens. her. I hope so. It's a standalone. It's gonna be like a Rogue One. Okay, well we'll have to see. I don't care. A new Aliens gonna be mm-hmm. fun as long as the Xenomorph is around. It'll be. I'm dope. I'm in all. I mean, oh, Xenom- did you know that the Xenomorph was not supposed to be in Prometheus or Covenant? But it was there at the end. Well, Ridley Scott was like, the fans are not gonna be happy unless I throw the Xenomorph in here. Mm-hmm. And they tease them in the, all the trailers. The Alien Covenant trailer, the gray one, is still one of the coolest trailers I think I've ever seen. Yes. The poster, you mean? The, uh, what did I say? The trailer? Yeah, you said the trailer. I'm talking about the poster, yeah. yeah. Like with all the, like, the sculptural. Yeah, it looks, like a, yeah, it yeah, looks yeah. like Han Solo. Like, it looks like fossils. Like a, yeah. Like a dinosaur decay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it's very cool. 
Um, what a mint franchise, idea wise. Alien? Yeah, no, from a, the idea yeah. alone. What a mint franchise. Oh, it's sick. It, it definitely knows what it's doing. I will. Um, I lost my track of my train of thought. That sucks. It's okay. Talk it, about there'll Alien. Be, there'll be a cut. Talking about Alien. Now I'm talking about my the other franchise. Uh, Mad Max. It's what been is, since 2015. George Miller cooking again. I fucking love the idea that George Miller does not let anybody else touch Mad Max aside from him. It's his he like, just picks it up when he wants yeah. and everybody else can fuck off. That's it's his story. It's his story. Oh, 100%. And for that, you got to respect it. Because who else has done it? Before that, I think the only guy that was like that was uh, <coughs> uh, George Lucas with Star Wars before he sold the yeah, entire thing. Yeah, but he let, uh, he let directors direct the first three. He did. Well, yeah, but it was a long... Episode four, five, six are all not George Lucas. Yeah, but it's... One, two, three is George Yo, Lucas. Yeah, but it was always the same one. Who was it? Forgot. It's not the same guy. Three different people. No, but the, his vision is still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's his toy. That's mm -hmm. for sure. George Lucas, yeah. I was... I knew he directed like what, prequels. I thought he would have had like more hands-on approach. With I, I think he does. I don't know what he did. All I know is that there's pretty much no one like George Miller. George Miller has been active since 1979. He made Mad Max 1, Mad Max 2, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Then he made Mad Max Fury Road in 2015. And Furiosa, a Mad Max saga, which is the latest. Um, in between, Which will be the latest. Yeah. Because it's not released yet. Yeah, it's true, yeah. In between, he's made other films. Uh, more prominently, Babe, The Little Pig, and Happy Feet 1 and 2. There's no way he actually made Happy Feet. He wrote and directed and produced Happy Feet. And then wrote, directed, and produced Happy Feet 2. Those two movies. And then made Mad Max Fury Road. Those two movies are the bane of my existence. Happy Feet's dope. No, I fucking hate it. I love Happy I Feet. I hate Happy Feet. I cannot even stand it. Guy has a freaking bow tie. Freaking, he's like shaped into like his pelage. Doesn't matter. What? He's dope. Man, no, 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 no! I can't watch that movie. No, I, just, I was six and it cringed me out. Yeah, but just keep think of. I the, was six. Think, think of the mind that you have to have to cook up Happy Feet and then be like, oh, "I'm going back to make Mad Max." <laughs> like, you made two of them, not one Happy Feet, two Happy Feet. It's one of the most interesting the, filmographies one could have. And for animated penguin movies, they're they're like the worst. You have Surf Up. Underrated jam. Happy Feet is better than Surf's Up. Get the hell out. No I'm walking out the question. room. I'm walking out the fucking room. I. Anyway, the first look came out of uh, Furiosa Mad Max. I can't Max. believe you said this. <laughs> Surf's Up is not as good as Happy Feet. I swear to God it is. No, it's not. Happy Feet Man is dancing, bro. Dude, make a pull. He's tapping his feet and going fucking crazy. Surf I... Up is a, docu it's no like a documentary about no surfing on, made on, by animals. On the Spotify, it'll be there. Trust me. Um, Everywhere. Anyway, the first look of Furiosa Mad Max Saga came out, the first trailer. It stars Anya Taylor-Joy and Chris Hemsworth. Can I point out Chris Hemsworth's nose is fucking crazy in this movie? His accent what, is too. What did they do to his face? I don't know. Anyway. They, they try to turn him German. I don't understand. Is he? Yeah, he did. And that's just how they talk in Mad Max. Okay, they talk like... They, rah, talk, rah, rah, rah. they talk very... Rah, 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 rah. Um, I love that how that, that makes sense, but it doesn't make sense. Oh, Mad Max, anything goes. Mm -hmm. It is fucking crazy. And these movies are amazing. Mad Max Fury Road got nominated for Best Picture. 
Mad Max Fury Road got nominated for Best Picture. Have you seen that shit? It is it is action or butler. Uh, back in 2017, George Miller said that he had two scripts written as sequels for Mad Max Fury Road. It turns out that we are getting a prequel in Furiosa. Um, you just crapped the project. This is what it is, though, when you're the boss. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like uh, you can run shit the way you want. Uh, and for that, you gotta love it. Listen, let me just say... Uh, he had two scripts. The Tom Hardy, who was the star of Fury Road, was committed to do the sequels. Mm-hmm. So he's involved too. He, uh, last I heard, he's still involved. Um, They're actually making them. There will be eventually. George okay. Miller does what he wants. It's his. It's his. No one else can touch it. Mm-hmm. He does whatever he wants when he wants. Um, well, since then maybe time has changed. You know. Um, he believed that the, fil- the fifth film in the franchise was going to be called Mad Max The Wasteland. This was back in 2017. He said this again. So that was probably going to be a sequel. Obviously, now we're getting a prequel. And that um, in 2020, that was reported that George Miller was going to be back and do it himself. And that is Furiosa, a Mad Max saga. Uh, that trailer is sick, though. Yes. That And, and Anya Taylor-Joy is, 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 is a... Uh, one of the best like young actresses working mm-hmm. currently. Chris Hemsworth is Chris Hemsworth. I have not seen him shine in many things as of late because he's... Uh, Chris Hemsworth. He was in Thor. Mm. I don't know. Can't think of anything off the top of my head that he is great in. Um, but, you know, let's not remember. Like, Mad Max is an action movie, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's you don't be, have to be, like, the best actor ever. No. To, like, you just have to pull it off. It's going to be off the chain. It's going to be explosions and shit it's if a lot of fun. the choreography you'll be good it's a lot of fun it's gonna be a lot of fun um yeah furiosa dropping in 2024 and i forgot to write the date down so i think it's uh, uh yes i think it's may may no may 6 is the first when fury road dropped it was in may yeah but i think this is dropping in may too may 24th may 24th yeah furiosa may 24th 2024 but they um, they said how it, it was going to be an epic. So do you think there'll be a sequel to that? No. It'll it's just a they're standalone just epic movie. Movies. Oh, it's a standalone movie. Yeah, I think so. Not last that I've heard. I think that he's going to follow up what he did with Fury Road. Mm-hmm. Bring back Charlize Theron and Tom Hardy. Um, next in line, this is more of like this is distant news, but it's news nonetheless. A uh, live action series is in the works at Amazon. What live-action series, you may ask? Spider-Man Noir. Incredible. I know you like it, but I am uh, skeptical because it's Amazon. and uh, what's so You said that last week and you were like, no, it's good. It's Amazon. They've been cooking. Amazon has been cooking, but I'm, I, meant to, I meant to say really I'm skeptical because it's Sony and Amazon. So it won't be like Spider-Verse? No. But then I'm not hyped. No, it's not Disney. For it to be Spider-Verse, it's got to be Disney. Yeah, but like oh, Spider-Man no, it's, it's in a cartoon, it's live action. Then it's bad. I don't want it. <laughs> Leave me alone. It's a, the untitled series will follow an older, grizzled superheroes in 1930s New York City. An individual with knowledge of the project says that the show will be set in its own universe and the main character will not be Peter Parker. Then it's not Spider-Man. It, but it is still Spider-Man because they made Miles Morales in the, the big step. Yeah, but he's so. not Spider-Man. He's Miles Morales. But he is Spider-Man. But he's Miles, Miles Morales. No, he's Spider-Man. He's Miles Morales. No, but it doesn't change the fact that Miles Morales is Spider-Man. But he's a big Spudist. You have to watch. <laughs> you have to watch the. You have to watch the Spider-Verse. Don't they matter. They explain it very well. Don't um, matter. 
they've enlisted somebody to work on the show. He was the showrunner of Netflix's The Punisher. So that was John Bernthal. That was well-received. Yeah, well-received and pretty dark, mm-hmm. pretty violent. Uh, Spider-Man Noir might be down the same lane. I'm all about it. We'll see what it, we'll see what's going to happen down the line. I really thought it was going to be like the Spider-Verse project with like the cartoon S. Oh no! If it was that, no, I would have been action. the hypest. I would have been. I thought that was cool too, but no. I would have liked that Spider-Verse animation, yep. and uh, I thought it would have been cool. Unfortunately, that's not what we're getting. Well, maybe for we don't know. That's not we'll what see. We're getting. We'll see what it comes out to be. Um, it's Krimmer season, like we said at the beginning of the episode. So I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up with a draft again. Christmas character draft. You want to take a seat? Yes, I will. Let's take, take a seat. Need. I kind of need. Let's take a seat so we can take notes. Yo, adjustment on the way. Can't wait to have visuals so people can see us do stupid shit like stand up. Yep, stand up. Yeah, because we be standing up. We stand up the whole show, by the way. Yeah, because you know we love our backs. It's actually better for your back to stand up. Depends. It's better for your back to just move in general. I've been moving. I've been moving. I've been going places. Alrighty. Okay, okay, okay. So let me explain the Christmas Christmas characters draft. The Christmas character draft involves uh, any Christmas character. Well, any. We have a player pool yeah. built, but uh, Christmas characters from Christmas movies. So what does that mean? It means the Grinch. It means uh, Kevin McAllister. It means Ralphie from a Christmas. Yeah. Anyway, any Christmas movie character can be drafted to the team. We're doing it basketball style. A couple months ago, we had a, a Halloween villains draft. We yep. had that basketball style as well, 5v5. It works out pretty well. It's very easy to make. Uh, and we love easy shit. Yeah. Well, no. We just love we love clean shit, and it's nice. It's very easy. Very, it's very, just convenient that it's It's purposeful, easy. right? Um, there will be a graphic posted to the Instagram. You'll be able to vote for who has the best team if I have not smoked them already in the first round. <laughs> There's no way. I smoked your ass. All right. We're going to ask... Um, Siri to flip a coin as we draft this. Why don't we flip an actual coin? What the fuck? Because it's more fun to hear Siri because then we all know it's blasphemy. It's blasphemy nonetheless. Pick, pick, a, pick a fucking thing. I want tails. Tails? Yeah. Tails never fail. I'll take heads. Siri, flip a coin. Um, I told you it was a fluke. No, no <laughs> because Siri never understood. Flip okay, a coin. what's that? She understood never fail dickhead. Siri, flip a coin. Tails. There you go. Well, see, this sucks ass. I lo- back to back times, I lose the opening. And pick. with the number one pick, the literal, the literal Wendanyama this draft, I want Jack Skellington at center. Jack Skellington at center. So why do you why do you take Jack Skellington? Because it's literally Wendanyama. He's literally like, him. like shit, boy. Yeah. He's literally him. Did you did you watch that movie recently? Did you see him like crawl around it. like a freaking spider? You cannot beat his ass. All right, so you take Jack Skellington at center. Yeah. Uh, my first pick, I'll take the mastermind himself. And obviously, when you are drafting a point guard, you need somebody who can see the whole thing and execute a game plan. And I don't think anybody on this list can do that more than uh, Kevin McAllister. Facts. Kevin McAllister, Facts. point guard, a uh, little undersized, but as long as he can pass the rock, we got it. We got it down pack. I think. All I know is that you don't really need a head coach when you have Kevin McAllister because he's kind of laid out the whole thing for you. He he definitely knows what he's doing, and so uh, yeah, that's why I got him at first. That's why I got him here first. Well, my point guard. Well, actually, I I'm hesitating for the position, so I'll just pick him and I'll choose 
You can't do that. Oh. Lock him in right away. Oh, okay. Lock him in right away. Don't mm. cheat. Don't try to fleece me. Okay, I'm I'm thinking John McClane at point guard. Because I need his mind to compete with yours. John McClane, obviously from Die Hard at point guard. That is a that's a very good pick. I'm not, I can't even bash that pick. I really wanted to put him at shooting guard, but like you went with McAllister. I, I need a McAllister guard. a point I was guard. like, oh, I need to put someone against him. I have no, no one else than him. It's definitely a, it's definitely a smart pick. Um, I'm going to have to take uh, the Grinch at shooting guard because uh, I need somebody who can lead the league in steals. And, Facts. Uh, <laughs> he can obviously <laughs> Facts. steal. And so I'm going to take uh, the Grinch, put him at shooting guard. That's uh, Michael Jordan's position, obviously. Um like I said, just he's got to play perimeter defense because Kevin McAllister will not be able to do anything on D. So I need him to be guarding. Uh, I need him to be playing D. So I hope he's going to pull out, play off for me well. Uh, as far as my next choice go, mm, I want Buddy the Elf at power four. You know that he's not playing against elves, right? I know. Okay. <laughs> so that's just a regular... But Will Farrell's pretty fucking tall. Yeah. So that works. He's, He's like, got that ability, too. You say power four? Yeah, power four. You're going with the big guys off the board. No, but you have thing. to put him realistically. Like, uh... Well, to He's... be fair, he would be power four. Yeah, he would be power four. So you got Buddy the Elf playing power four, Jack Skellington at center, and they're led by John McClain playing PG. I got uh, Kevin McAllister at point guard and the Grinch at shooting guard. <laughs> One of the best backcourts we've yeah. ever seen. <laughs> Um, now I gotta I gotta get some size. Um, There's the man himself. Yeah, but I don't know about that. Well, but the man himself could be your size. He's I, literally huge. It's Ricky Rose, but for Krimi. I don't want to do that though. Give me the conductor from the Polar Express at Power Forward. You stole my pick. <laughs> at Power Forward. He's How? a big guy. He's, he's not that big. No, he's big. The kids are small. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same case that I had for my elf pick. That's fine. I'm putting him at Power Forward. Okay, then... He, Tom Hanks can hit them layups. <laughs> With that uh, mustache. There you go. Full drip. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, Arguably the drippiest man we've ever seen. All right. Facts. What are you going to say? Uh, Jack Frost at shooting guard. That's size at shooting guard. He's a big guy, Jack Frost. Jack Frost is big. Which franchise is that then? Because I'm thinking... The, the film, Jack Frost. He's big. You're not talking about the like animation movie? No, that's Frosty the Snowman. But he's big too. Well, I, I'm confused. Uh, I'm going to show you. Not, no, I'm not talking about this one. I'm not talking about him. Oh, yeah, I was talking... You're talking about the Rise of the Guardians? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about... I'm talking about... Um, I'm talking about this mofo. <laughs> Dude. Jack That's Frost, my, that should have been my power forward. Mark Michael Keaton. Right, I'll put him a small forward then. Him? Yeah. You're putting the big... I'm guy. going big ball. <laughs> big, Obviously big ball. Him at small forward. Now all you're missing is a shooting guard. Um, That's a good pick. Um... Then who's Frosty the Snowman? I'm confused. He's the cartoon. Okay, he's the car. Okay, the big pipe. Okay, 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 okay. I gotta go, Uncle Eddie from Christmas Vacation at shooting at small forward. That's actually a pick. Oh, Uncle That's Eddie. actually a pick. Uncle Eddie, you never know what he's gonna do. He is an improviser at heart. Uh, you know, one day you're complaining, the next thing you know, he's tied up the coach and put him in your living room. You never know what's gonna happen, with Uncle Eddie. <laughs> 
He's, he's, he's literally a character took in from Shorzy. He's improviser for sure. He's fantastic. Um, your last pick, you have to go with shooting guard. Give me a Benez or Scrooge. For what happened, your phone just went but blank. Yeah, my phone went off. Big rip. All right, you said Ebenezer Scrooge yes. at shooting guard. That's a good pick. Are you talking about that lanky cartoon Ebenezer Scrooge or are you talking about Bill Murray? Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray playing shooting guard. Uh, we've seen him play golf. We don't know what he can do when it comes to shooting guard. I got a center left. Um, player pool looking awfully dry. Man wants Cindy Lou. I'm not putting Cindy Lou Who at center because she'll get killed. I'm hesitating between Yukon Cornelius and Frosty the Snowman. Frosty's too small. Yukon smaller. Then who? Pick I'm gonna go with Yukon Cornelius because he's got that dog in him. Yukon Cornelius is the uh, the Draymond Green of this draft. Yeah, that's all he's got to do, really. He's not tall, but he's got that weight to him. He could probably, he could, he could definitely score. It ain't up. football. No, it's all right. He's center. Doesn't gotta be tall. Just gotta be strong. Ain't gotta be tall. Just gotta be strong. And that's what Yukon Cornelius is. I show you a picture. Look at my guy. <laughs> Oh, yeah, my man's a Look at my guy in the paint. Oh, wow, that's called drip right there. Anyway, um, the uh, the draft results are going to be posted to the Instagram with uh, everybody being able to vote on who has the best team. I Right here on the pod, I have to give it to you, though. Yeah, it's, it's hard to, to go up against Jack Skellington playing center. he got the legs that can extend. Yeah. It's not fair. That's why I told you, like, take Santa. You had to have Santa on Santa's that shit. Not, I can't put Santa in the draft. Come Dude, on. you're going to give me all the presents. Turnovers galore. Honestly, if I would have picked Frosty the Stormman over the conductor, I probably would have had a better lineup. But yep. here we are. The teams are final, and they'll be going off in the Christmas Classic. <laughs> uh, vote on it to let us know what you think. Um, that's, a, that's it for the draft, and we'll have another one next week, obviously. because yep, drafts are, are These cool. are fun to do. Um, if you have any draft ideas, you're allowed to submit yep. those. You're allowed. And if we missed a movie that you think is blasphemous that we didn't mention. In the characters? In the characters. Yeah, if we're is, missing yep. it. Granted, there are characters here that are not picked out of our player pool. and So just to pick them, uh, to list them so everybody knows that we have them. There is Harry and Marv from Home Alone. There is Ralphie from A Christmas Story. There is uh, Cindy Lou Who from The Grinch. And there is Frosty the Snowman from the iconic cartoon. Um, but that's not who we picked today. We picked nope, our team. We so, yes, we came here to we came here to get dubs. Um, let us know what you think of the teams. Like I said, vote on the Instagram poll. Uh, aside from that, that brings us to the end of our show today. Real Talk episode 11. Uh, Thank you very much for listening, liking, subscribing. Um, All the above. Yeah, following, of course. Also, always, always, always go back to our uh, Instagram, at Cinecloud. That is C-I-N-E-C-L-W-D. Uh, you'll follow us there. You can have all our movie scores, the short reviews, all of the graphics that come associated with the pod. All the information goes to that Instagram page. It is mm-hmm. Much, much. If you much, want to interact, much. it's the way yeah, to do it. If you want to interact on the Instagram page as well, it's much easier to um, uh, be in that same space via the Instagram page. So that is it. Thank you very much for listening. This has been uh, Real Talk episode 11. Thank you.
Yezer. Bye. Adios. <laughs> Merry Krimmer. <laughs> yes, sir. Not yet. We still have a month. It's Krimmer season. Yeah, but no. Yes, I'm telling you. Bye. Bye.